0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Explain Like I'm Five, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts. I'm Tim. Hi, my name is Kevin. So, Kevin, a lot of folks have been spending time with their kids lately because we're all at home. (laughs) Uh, So today's ELI 5 is going to be all about nursery rhymes.
1: Oh, nursery rhymes. How fun. Uh, I guess
0: everything has a history behind
1: them, right? So what's there to explain about nursery rhymes here?
0: Well, let's start with this question. Why does it turn out that a lot of nursery rhymes are really morbid? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't tell these to your five-year-olds
1: and wait until they're 10 or something. Uh, so let's think. Uh, are you talking about like the the ring around the rosy nursery rhyme?
0: Well, yes, that, that's an important one and we'll talk about that. But there's also, you know, Jack and Jill, he... Uh, cracks open his head in rockabye baby the um, baby falls out of a tree yep um it's raining it's pouring the old man is snoring and bumped his head and couldn't wake up in the morning so you know oh wow uh, that that one didn't hit me until now uh i guess guess the old man died (laughs) that's right (laughs) okay but let's start with ring around the rosie because it's supposedly based on uh the bubonic plague right which wiped Mm. out a third of the european population isn't that right
1: yeah horrible stuff and now it's a, it's a, it's a kindergarten nursery rhyme. So, you know, if you go through the lines, right, it's like ring around the rosy, uh, a pocket full of posies, uh, ashes, ashes, and then we all fall down.
0: Yeah. Well, when I grew up, it was the British version and it ends uh, a tissue, a tissue. We all fall down. Either way. Okay. People die.
1: Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, and in fact, uh, you know, in, in March, 2020, during the early stages of the COVID-19 pandemic uh, in the United Kingdom, the, Traditional rhyme was actually jokingly proposed as the ideal choice uh, of song to accompany hand washing, uh, in order to wash, you know, for twenty seconds and make sure you kind of clean off the infection. Oh yes. But <laughs> you know, folk uh, folklore scholars actually regard the Great Plague explanation that has been the most common since the mid twentieth century
0: as baseless. Wait, what? Really, baseless? Yep, 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 yep. Actually, that
1: that yep yeah, that, that rhyme actually first appeared in print in 1881. Um, you know, way past uh, the the was it 13th century. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. And although a version was reportedly uh, already being sung to the current tune in the 1790s, with kind of similar rhymes appearing across Europe around that time. But the, the plague explanation did not appear until actually the mid-20th century. Ah. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. So although the symptoms described do not fit especially well with the Great Plague, and finally, the European and 19th century versions...
0: Oh, so that's the second reason. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the symptoms weren't, weren't a good fit. Yeah, yeah, they were not a perfect fit. Uh, and then
1: finally, the third reason is the European and 19th century versions uh, suggest that this fall in the, in, the, in the last line was not a literal falling down, but actually a, a curtsy or other form of kind of bending movement that was com- pretty common in, you know, dramatic singing games.
0: I see. So we just projected that uh, when it got to the mid 20th century. Yep. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad we debunked that myth. Um, but there is still a lot of morbidity, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. There is. Uh, it is also in part of a reflection of the times. So, you know, in those days, those kind of early nursery rhymes essentially were used to actually desensitize children to the idea of death and suffering happening around them uh, at that particular point in history.
0: That's interesting. Uh, There was also an anti-authority or anti-government angle to a lot of nursery rhymes back then, right?
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. A number of folks talk about nursery rhymes uh, came about as a way of actually criticizing uh, authority and the rule of the day. Uh, It was not safe for people to say anything negative about rulers in those days. And so they made up sing songs to kind of voice their discontent and differences of opinion. Some rhymes told the actual events of a story and those contradicted official narratives sometimes. Uh, And eventually the the child will include these songs at play. And if no one could find the original author of a verse, then you couldn't really prosecute anyone. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Pretty innovative if you think about it So one example here is a Humpty Dumpty actually Ah, the egg-shaped king? Yeah, yeah. Uh, people have suggested that they were talking about one of the earlier kings who was uh, kind of fat Richard III? I think so Uh, He was round, or as they said, uh, roly-poly, like an egg And he sent his army into battle and decided to kind of stand for their back And this battle, you know, proved disastrous, and the king was uh, killed, hence that line, uh, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Uh, And, um, you know, nursery rhyme is also a traditional poem or song for children in Britain and many other countries, but actually usage of that term, nursery rhyme, only dates from the late 18th or early 19th century.
0: Hmm, interesting. Um and that relates to my final question which is sometimes nursery rhymes are actually referred to as mother goose rhymes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Um uh, mother goose rhymes just mean
1: just means nursery rhymes. So why is that? Hmm, I I wonder I think it comes from the the figure of Mother Goose, you know, as the kind of imaginary author of a collection of French fairy tales and later Uh, English nursery rhymes. So as a character, uh, she would actually appear uh, in a song, and usually the first stanza of which often functions now as a nursery rhyme. And I think the the term's appearance in English dates back to the the early 18th century, when a uh, French fairy tale collection was first translated into English as uh, Tales of My Mother Goose, (laughs) and later uh, a compilation of English nursery rhymes titled Mother Goose's Melody, or Sonnets of the Cradle it actually helped perpetuate the name both in
0: Britain and the United States. Oh, very interesting. Well, now we know the history as we we tell our kids these nursery rhymes. Did you learn something new today? If you did, send us a tweet or send us an email. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have suggestions on future episodes. Thank you as always to the wonderful community at r slash explain like five on Reddit. We will see you.